Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. All right, Dr. Barry here. So let's talk about how medicine and technology are going to be married together and how really technology is going to take medicine to a different level. Again, I think we have to talk about artificial intelligence. Depending on where you're at on the social media sphere, this is a hot topic of conversation on a lot of different avenues and blogs and videos everywhere I go. Like you may have heard of the more newer one, ChatGPT, where it's almost like your personal assistant. You ask it to do something and it does it for you. And it's taken it by storm where you've had millions of people sign up just to use it because for now it's free. Eventually they'll start charging people for it, but for now it's free. But when me personally, when I see something like that, obviously being a person who loves technology, I always tell people all the time, if I wasn't doing medicine, I would definitely be doing something in technology space. And seeing how that kind of blows up on really the more public standpoint, I always think, man, I wonder how that would affect medicine. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Like how can AI affect medicine? And more importantly, is this something like we want? Now, I can tell you, especially being a younger physician, technology and medicine is not something that goes hand in hand in the beginning. Whenever there's a technological shift, when I'm talking about going from paper charts to electronic medical records, you're going to have a lot of people who are like, oh my God, I cannot work with this electronic medical records. And you're going to have a lot of people be like, man, I could never go to paper charts. And I think that's what's going to happen with artificial intelligence and medicine is that you're going to have a lot of people on the beginning side saying, man, like, I don't know what about this AI slash robot, but like, I don't want nothing to do with it. And you're going to have a lot of people who cannot wait for medicine to fully involve it. And I've, I've said this before on my channel, medicine typically gets to the party late when it comes to technology and to technological advances. But when it does get there, you know, great things can happen, i.e. mRNA vaccines. Like when medicine and technology kind of get in bed together and say like, all right, we're finally going to do this, like a lot of great things can happen. So I want to first start out, I think first and foremost, right? How can AI help become help us become more precise in our medical decisions. And I think this is a very important discussion, right? Because when we're talking about the aspect of taking care of a patient and now we're introducing technology, like how can it actually help us uh, better, right? So I think some of the things, especially with my uh, initial reading and some of my research is that some of the things that talks about, hey, AI is gonna be able to really identify populations that could really use specific sets of treatments that you may not even know about. As a black physician, I talk about this all the time, how there are certain medication regimens that are, yes, are the standard for the general public, but because of the back, the lack of research participants, because of the lack of studies specifically for that population, sometimes it may not be the best medication for us. So imagine if you had a technological partner being able to identify like, hey, you know what? 
based on this medication right here and based on some of these uh, specific factors, I think this medication might work better in this population versus another population. That could be life-saving uh, data. Um, imagine AI being able to assist us in not only understanding which patients uh, could respond better, but more importantly, which patients are likely to have side effects or with the type of side effects, right? That's just right now, I can tell you, sometimes it is a, hey, you take this medication and yes, this is a possible side effect, but we don't really necessarily know who's going to have the side effect. So imagine now having a partner in crime being able to look and say, hey, you know what, based off the data that I have that I'm able to compute at you know, a million miles per second, I think that not only will this medication work for this specific population, but I actually suspect this side effect to occur in this specific population because you can even educate your patients uh, even better on that, right? And then as well as identifying new treatment options for patients who may not have responded to the traditional or old treatment options, right? So we do have some uh, ways to go, right, in regards to treating patients, in regards to being able to be specific with our patients. And again, I talk about this all the time. Empower yourself for better health. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. The reason why I do that is because I know medicine is not a one-size-fit-all type of deal. It's something that like specifically works for you and works for you and the patient-doctor relationship that you have. But imagine now with your patient-doctor relationship, your doctor has this technological partner on the backside, right? The AI, artificial intelligence, being able to help your doctor make better and even more smarter decisions, right? So I think I'm, again, I'm a fan of that. I think this is definitely where medicine needs to go. And I think this is definitely where medicine will go uh, with the use of um, technology. Another question I have. How can AI help by processing language and vast amounts of data? Now, I talk about this all the time. One of the biggest issues in regards to just healthcare and healthcare in general is the vast amounts of information that is either in medical records via electronic or via paper and having to try to digest everything that comes into one center to be able to make a well-informed decision for your patient. One of the biggest issues, and you guys may know it, you go to the hospital and you may run a battery of tests, and then you go to follow up with your doctor, but guess what? Your doctor doesn't have access to your hospital records, uh, so now all of a sudden he may have to run a whole new battery of tests, which may be some of the same tests that your doctors in the hospital ran. And then you go to see a specialist who may not have access to your primary care doctor's records, and guess what? Another battery of tests are being ran that you might have already done. So imagine if you had a technological buddy of sort to say, hey, you know what? When this person went to this hospital, they just, they ran this set of tests. And when they went to the primary care doctor, they had this set of tests. And then all of a sudden, you're not having to repeat yourself and do things over and over and over again at the cost of the patient. Let's think about this. 
at the cost of healthcare system, especially in terms of just wasteful spending, at the cost of just kind of trying to figure out the proper diagnosis, because one doctor may have you going one way based off the test they ordered, and another doctor may have you going a whole nother direction based off the test that they ordered. So think about that, right? So being able to gather all vast amounts of information in your patient medical data uh, could be huge uh, for um, uh, technology in that respect. And then I kind of mentioned, right, AI can also be used to identify patterns in patient data that may show an increased risk to certain diseases and more importantly, conditions that specifically affect depth. Like we're starting to be able to put two and two together. I think one of the things that I love being a physician is that I'm able to kind of put this first factor and this family history and this medication and just look at it and say, hey, based off what I'm looking, I think this patient may have this, or I think this patient may be at risk of this disease. So imagine now having that technological buddy that has almost like a little prompt on the backs. Think about it like a, you know, a little person on your shoulder saying, hey, you know what, based off all of the data that I've just analyzed in the past, you know, five minutes, um, I think we definitely should be screening for this. I think we should be asking questions regarding this. Like a lot of different things can occur when we're using technology together to help the patient. So, and again, obviously I'm pro, like if you don't realize by now, I am pro technology because I think in this day and age, we we cannot allow ourselves to fall behind and allow technology to you know further advance other sectors of our you know what way of life and not advance uh, the way of life in regards to medicine and healthcare. And I think this is an important one. And I think my uh, outpatient ambulatory docs, hospital docs, anyone could feel me. AI can help reduce administrative tasks such as data entry, freeing up more time for healthcare providers to focus on patient care. And you guys, how many, again, I want you guys to think about this. How many of y'all are sitting in your doctor's office and your doctor's in one corner just kind of typing away like everything you tell them now he's listening. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. But he's listening, but he's typing away because he understands that I don't have the ability to just listen to my patient and then try to type this later on. Because guess what? If I don't do that, you know what? The MA can't process their thing. The billing people can't process their thing. All these things can't occur until I finish this note in front of me. But imagine now I have a little buddy that's able to, you know, help, you know, dictate, help type up notes, help uh, create plans of care based off my recommendations. And then now I'm able to focus specifically on the patient in front of me. Like, does that sound like a bad idea? Like, think about it. Does it sound like a bad idea that now your doctor is going to be able to talk to you directly? Your doctor is going to be able to look you in the eye directly and speak to you because they know that they don't have to focus on actually putting in information in the computer. This is the reason why so many, uh, especially the older, older physicians, hated going to electronic medical records because they recognized how much time it was taking them away from actually talking to their patients, discussing with their patients, asking their patients like, hey, how are you doing? How's life right now? They didn't even have the time to do it because they're so busy trying to rush and uh, put a note in a chart. So again, again, I'm, I'm obviously, again, I'm, I'm speaking a lot of just positive facts, but I think it's important for us to understand because yes, I do believe there's some good things on the horizon with AI, we just have to, especially as physicians, and more importantly, as patients, we just have to, as patients, we have to kind of demand it, but as physicians, we, we have to be ready to accept it as well.
So this is another one I got for you, right? How can AI help us with clinical recommendations and support systems, right? So I want you guys to think about this, right? A lot of times when you go to your doctor's office and based off your age and your weight and your race and everything else, your doctor may recommend certain uh, treatment modalities, may recommend certain specialties you need to follow, may recommend certain uh, vaccinations, immunizations. Your doctor may recommend these things based off things that they just kind of know. Now, fortunately, hopefully, I should say, a lot of you go into a lot of smart doctors who kind of have that right in the back of their mind. They've done it all the time. They said all the time they're ready to go rip and ready. But like, hey, you know what? That still takes brain power. That still takes uh, mental time away from focusing specifically on the patient in front of them and trying to figure out, hey, what's going on with the patient? So imagine if you had technology being able to say, hey, you know what? Based off the uh, recommendations from this patient or just the uh, the questions and things we're getting from this patient, this is what you should recommend for your patient. And again, I'm not saying that this technology is going to replace the doctor. That's not going to happen, hopefully. Um, but I'm saying that, hey, it could immensely help us get us to a much better level, right, where we can focus not only on patients, but we can more importantly focus on ourselves and not have to worry about the stress of dealing with uh, patients and dealing with technology and everything else uh, under the sun. Oh, this is a good one, right? Uh, how can AI help us in prescription and drug creation and treatment, right? So I think this is a big one, right? I think this is probably going to be the second most important way that we are going to be able to use uh, AI and AI-related technology to help us in the medical field in regards to uh, identifying, hey, which drugs can, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, which drugs will work better for which specific populations. More importantly, identifying um, how to target newer types of drugs, and more importantly, speed up their development. A lot of times, and we talk about antibiotic resistance all the time, a lot of times we are stuck as physicians because we just don't have any options because we know the time it takes to figure out, hey, we need a new drug. Okay, hey, what type of drug are we going to get? Hey, what type of mechanism? What are the tests and studies? By the time it takes to figure out all of these different steps, it could be years, up to almost like a decade before a newer drug comes out. But imagine if we're able to speed up that process, speed up the process it takes to identify the need for a new drug, speed up the process of the time it takes to recognize, all right, which uh, are the mechanisms of action of our new drug? More importantly, which of the uh, you know ways that this drug is going to help this specific disease condition, right? Because you can't, and that's where technology comes in, right? If you want to be able to uh, get a good medication, you got to know what disease you're treating, right? And that's where we're using technology uh, hand in hand, right? To one, identify, hey, I got this disease process coming up. Hey, I got this treatment option coming up as well too, right? Again, a lot of you may be uh, trying to get like a little deja vu because this sounds exactly like what happened uh, with COVID-19. We had this novel virus come out and we were like, wow, we need to do something and we need to do something as soon as possible. Lo and behold, we have mRNA technology, which was able to develop uh, two of our you know, best vaccines for the prevention and uh, protection uh, against COVID-19, right? So, and that's, again, that was just, I think that's just the beginning. 
I think mRNA technology is the beginning of what we can see uh, for the future in regards to disease uh, prevention and disease treatment in and of itself, right? And again, if you have AI technology, again, not only is it going to be able to uh, recognize the types of newer drugs and how to make these newer drugs much faster, it's going to be able to recognize side effects in the newer drugs. It's going to be able to recognize who are going to be the best people for the trial. So now we're starting to re reverse engineer what I kind of mentioned earlier. Whereas before, right now we do a trial. We say, hey, please, I got this trial going on. Can you please join it? And we just ask for kind of random people to join it. But imagine if we were able to reverse engineer and use technology to say, hey, I have this new drug. And based off the technology and based off the data that I have, I believe that this drug will do the best in this specific population with the least amount of side effects. Now let's go after that population. Imagine if we can do that. Imagine we can get to that point where we're that specific that we're able to say, hey, we know for a fact this drug is going to work best in this population with the least amount of side effects, like like game changer. Again, we're not there yet. We are not there yet, but I think we can be, right? I want us to get there. I don't know. Will it happen in my lifetime? Hopefully. But I, I think that is how we need, especially as us as physicians, and even though I'm a physician, I'm a patient as well us as physicians, us as patients, that's how we need to think about how technology is going to come into medicine. Technology should be able to make medicine uh, so much more easier and proficient for the patient. We talk a lot about just this aspect of telemedicine, right? Think about telemedicine in general. Let's just think about telemedicine. This aspect that now I don't have to go to my doctor's office. Let's and let's think of a random, just a normal scenario of what it takes to go to a doctor's appointment at 10 o'clock in the morning. All right. I got a doctor's appointment at 10 o'clock in the morning. All right. I got to hurry up, you know, feed my kids, rush the kids off to school. Then I got to beat traffic to my doctor's office. And then I got to hopefully sit down fill out some paperwork and everything. I got to do all of these things there. Hopefully I get there on time. Hopefully my doctor hasn't double booked. Right. Like, they would like, again, this is a true scenario. And then after they do all that, maybe my, maybe I'm running behind 30 minutes, an hour late, right? You know, because again, and those who can attest, attest in the comments for me, uh, sometimes, you know, our doctors double book because they assume someone's going to no-show, no-show, which is a whole different, this whole different, whole different discussion in and of itself. So they figure, hey, you know what? I'm going to not only make it so that like, I don't have to spend three, four hours just dealing with a doctor's appointment. Now I can do it from the comfort of my home. Like, that is that is what we are endeavoring now when we talk about telemedicine, when we talk about just that small aspect of how technology and med And mind you, before the pandemic, telemedicine was there, but it wasn't really used. One, because insurance companies wouldn't reimburse for it. They just would not pay for it. They said, like, no, nah, I'm not paying for that. So yeah, insurance companies are like, yeah, like, yeah, I see the benefits, but I ain't paying for it. Sorry. But because of the pandemic, because they were forced to pay for it, now people who are like using telemedicine, they can't see themselves going back. They can't see themselves having to dedicate half a day to go to a doctor's appointment when they could do a telemedicine appointment, you know, fr from their office. They could be at work. They say, hold on for a second. I got a doctor's appointment real quick. Let me go in the back room. 
boom, 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 doctor's appointment done, and now I'm still at work. Like, so now they don't have to miss work to go to the doctor's appointment because they can do the doctor's appointment at work, take a quick look, 30 minute, 15, 20 minute break, do the telemedicine appointment and keep it moving, right? Like imagine, like, and that's just a small subset. That's just a small piece of, you know, the benefits of, you know, how technology will help uh, change uh, the practice of medicine, right? So I do want to, before I get out of here, right, I do want to give a real life scenario, especially from a, a specialty specific standpoint, right? Because sometimes right now, like it may sound like I'm talking big, like, oh yeah, you could do this, you could do that. But let's think about the specialty of radiology, right? And more importantly, how can AI help and hurt the radiologist, right? Because I think, because I know there's going to be some doom and gloom people here who are just going to assume that like there's going to be some something bad associated with AI. Like they're just going to assume that, right? But let's think about the good stuff, right? So let's say you have a radiologist. And for those who may not know where radiologists are, who radiologists are, um, they, they are, they are board certified radiologists who specialize in just reading and, um, diagnosing uh images right like you know and i hate this i'm sorry i butchered the way like explained it but i'm just trying to think of in lame terms right they are the ones who look at your x-rays they are the ones who look at your cat scans your mris and they're able to interpret hey i'm based off what i'm seeing here this is what i think is going on right that's what they do so think about a specialty that is primarily based on the technology of imaging don't you think that AI can help that specialty in one way, shape, or form? Like, doesn't it make sense that a specialty that is primarily based off of technological advances such as imaging, MRIs, CAT scans, ultrasounds, x-rays, of course you have to think, yeah, I can see how radiologists could benefit from that, right? So let's think about that, right? AI can assist radiologists identifying diseases and injuries and medical images more efficiently and accurately, right? So again, they're saying, hey, you know what? Maybe that radiologist can read and interpret something, but you know, maybe they sneeze, maybe they get busy, maybe they're tired, maybe they're burnt out and they kind of miss it. But that AI says, oh, hey doc, like I think you might've missed Blake over there. And unfortunately, we have cases where radiologists miss things. Like I have some surgeons who, regardless of what that radiologist says, they are looking at the image themselves because unfortunately, they don't, they've been burnt before. So they don't trust the radiologist, whoever the radiologist is. They are going to look at the image themselves and say, hey, all right, this is what I see. But imagine now, instead of that surgeon having to do that, you have that technological buddy on the shoulder that says, hey, based off what I see, this is what I'm reading, right? And then you can kind of compare and contrast like, oh, you know, I didn't see that. Or, you know, I see I, I see why you may mean that, but this is what I'm actually seeing. Think about that, right? That's, again, positive benefit. Uh, can help in early detection of diseases by analyzing images um, that can uh, help in early treatment and better chances of recoveries, right? So again, because the AI is able to not only, because again, remember we talked about it before, how it's able to kind of parse data from vast amounts of information, especially electronic medical records, Guess what? You do a chest x-ray over here, and yes, maybe that chest x-ray doesn't pick up anything, but you got that technological buddy that said, hey, you know what? This person got a CAT scan like a year ago, and a year ago said something was on that side here, right? Like, I think we may need to get, like, think about that. 
Think about that. Now you got that personal buddy who, yes, the radiologist didn't have access to your CAT scan a year ago, but guess what? Because of the vast information that they can hold and they know, oh, based off, you know, you know, Barry Pierre, you know, he had a CAT scan over here. You know what? Check him for that. And then boom, lo and behold, we find something, right? So again, again, just positive benefits, positive benefits. Uh, AI um, can also assist in reducing the workload of radiologists by automating some of the diagnostic tasks, right? For those who have had to uh, sit and watch radiologists, you know, do their thing, it can be it can be tiresome because they are they are going, they are reading just x-ray 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 you know have some people who they, when they're when they clock in they just read the x-rays you have some when they clock in they're just reading cat scans when they like you have some people who just read specific sets of imaging you have some people who are like all right i'm about to just knock this out and they are just going super fast now mind you again they've seen thousands probably hundreds of thousands depending on the radiologist of these images so of course they can do it quicker but they still gotta they still gotta read it they still gotta dictate it they still got to confirm it, and then they still got to send it off back uh, to uh, whoever ordered the image in the first place. But imagine you have that little buddy who's able to kind of offload some of those tasks. Like maybe the radiologist say, you know, can you know say a couple of short uh, phrases and book, 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 and then that AI is able to kind of run through the show and say, all right, yep, 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 I see, I see, I see. Boom, there you go. Right. So maybe their efficiency uh, improves dramatically. Right. Again, lots of different things there. Right. So let's talk about how it can hurt, because, again, I know the doom people are here. I understand you. I'm not I'm not naive. I know you guys are here. Like, how can AI hurt the radiologist? Because medicine is a business and I've said this before, because medicine is a business, you are going to have people you're going to have businesses, a.k.a. hospitals and insurance companies who are like, hey, you know what? Based off, you know, this AI company out here, they can read images at a much cheaper rate than that human can read images. Again, I'm just, again, I'm not speaking things into existence. I'm just saying what I, I know what, you know, these insurance companies and, and, you know, these folks who are only about the bottom line are here for. Now, as a patient, as a patient, we got to demand that there's always human oversight. We have to demand it because guess what you guess what you can't do? You can't sue no robot. You're not going to be able to sue a robot if uh, they miss something. You're not going to be able to sue a, a robot if they don't have the compassion uh, when it comes to like you're not going to be able to do that. Right. So, of course, as a patient, you have to still demand like, hey, I stop. Like, yeah, I'm glad y'all y'all are advancing the way y'all advancing. But. Don't take the human out of this. So again, I think that's just, you know, some of the, that's a scenario, right? Again, we're not speaking nothing to existence, but I do see how lots of benefits could be associated in helping us, right? Lots of benefits can see in helping us be better for the patient, right? And again, I'm just, I'm just here, right? I'm just the messenger, right? Again, Dr. Barry Pierre, right? Again, this is my discussion, right, on how I think technology is going to change the practice of medicine. I want, I want you to know, right? I want, I want to know from you how do you think technology is going to change the practice of medicine, right? Whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're listening to this on a podcast, drop me a comment somewhere. Right. And if you have not had a chance, we talked about this last week. Join the Patreon, Dr. Barry Pierre slash Patreon. Join the Patreon family where we can have more in-depth personal conversation 
on this topic and whatever topic your heart desires, right? Again, so I'm going to see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board-certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.